Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Anybody thrilled to be in church today? Yes. You know being here today is better than being in the best jail in town? Yes. Being here today is better than being in the best hospital room that they have in town? <laughs> There's some folk always, you go to churches and some folk always look like, you know, I'd really rather be anywhere else. So notify your face that you're happy to be here. It'll help me. You know, this is faith builders, but don't make me use my faith on ministering to you. You know what I mean? Give me something to walk by sight with. <laughs> Glory to God. Do you believe with me that God's got some, some things for us today and tonight? Huh? How many know that whether or not you get, and, and, and I minister, whether or not we do what God has for us, you know that doesn't just depend on the Lord? You know it doesn't just depend on me? The Lord has a part, doesn't he? Yes. Anybody here, you've uh, you found that God only does his part some of the time? You know, maybe every other Thursday he'll show. No. How many know that God has never failed? He's never going to fail. He always does his part. Amen. Glory to God. He's watching over his word to perform it. Glory to God. So God's part, it's, all, it's, it's a given, if we could say it that way, right? And then I'll just tell you, I've sought God. I'm pretty well settled that I don't know everything, you know, that, that maybe I'll say or do, but I'm pretty well settled I have the direction right. for today. So there's my part. Yeah. Guess who else has a part? Get, you, you do. Yeah. You do. What's your part? Receive. receive. Yes. yes, 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 yes. And so you can choose to receive by having an open heart, an open mind, being receptive, kind of being more so on the edge of your seat rather than... Um, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really not looking at anybody. But you know what I mean. Have that edge of the seat thing about you rather than, rather than being one with the seat. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that you get all that you came for. Matter of fact, when my wife and I go to meetings, we'll say it in the car on the way there. We'll say, I'm getting all I came for. We say it all the time. We say, and, and so uh, I just said that, you know, if, if you're smart believers here at Faith Builders, you might just say it right after me. I'm getting all I came for. I'm getting all I came for. Yes, yes. And then we say this, we say everything that should happen shall happen. Amen. I'm going to know it matters what you say. So do you have your Bibles with you? Glory to God. I'm going to ask you to turn in it to the uh, first letter to the Thessalonians, First Thessalonians this morning. Praise the Lord, somebody. You don't think we're not going to have a good meeting today, do you? Uh, you don't think we're not going to have a, a good service? I'm so honored to have my wife with me. That doesn't get to happen all the time. We, as, as um, Pastor might have mentioned or mentioned over the weekend, my wife pastors a church in Castle Rock, Colorado, where we live. Praise the Lord. So if you know anybody in Castle Rock or Denver or that area looking for a good church, 
loved ones, send them to us. If they're people you don't like, we'll recommend a different church for them. So. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> but uh, so I'm just excited to have her here with me. And so we have somebody else. Our church is called Faith Church Colorado. There's this faith thing going on. Hmm. I might share some things with you along those lines of, of faith today, if, if you don't mind. Now, let me get in my Bibles to where I told you to turn. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Did I tell you chapter 1? Glory to God. All righty. Paul's writing to the church, and I want to take you through a couple different verses here. He was writing to the church at Thessalonica, and this is one of his earlier letters that he wrote, 1 Thessalonians is. And it says in the, in the second verse, I believe, it says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing, notice this please, your work of faith. And labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. So he's talking to them and he said, man, I'm, we, when we think of you and when we make mention of you in, my prayer, in our prayers, we, we, are, we are always giving thanks for, for, the, for your work of faith. How many here you work at some point during the week? Anybody here you, you go to work or do some kind of work? What uh, is work the same as um, when you watch maybe a football game or, uh, y'all Chiefs fans up here? <laughs> That's fine because y'all beat up on it. We haven't beat you guys in so long that we don't even try anymore. I'm from Denver. We're from Denver. We're the same division. It's, it's at football. You, I know you're too busy for that. It's a, a well, I'll explain to you later. So work, work, and relaxing, they're two different things. And so how many know that when you, when you work, there's, it, it gives you the uh, idea of some kind of effort, right? The, the, some kind of effort. And Paul said, you guys are doing that. I've been to very few churches. I've been to very few places where you can actually say that the people, they, they're not, they don't just know faith, they're... They're actually doing it. They're actually doing it. Anybody here, has it ever occurred to you that you're actually supposed to do what the pastor teaches? Huh? Do you know you're supposed to do it? Yes. Amen. I'm going slow because I know I can see some people thinking like, I thought we were just supposed to come. No, no, you're supposed to. These truths that you hear, you're supposed to. Receive them, take hold of them, and allow them to affect your life Amen. and bring change to your life. And it's necessary that we do so. And so Paul told, uh, told this church, I- I've seen your, I-, I thank God every time I thank you that you guys are actually doing the work of faith. Praise the Lord. And then I'm going to read just a couple different verses here that, that speak to this subject of faith since we're at Faith Builders. Uh, the eighth verse says, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward 
is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. Oh, man. Yeah, come on. That's cool. Paul's saying, you guys, you guys, first of all, you have put your faith on, on getting the word of God out there. And it's been effective. And it's worked. And you have spread the word so well through the work of your faith that we don't even feel like we need to. We don't even feel like we need to go behind you and do it. Do it ourselves. That's outstanding. That's really outstanding. Aren't you impressed with, with these things? And then, over in the third chapter. And one thing you have to understand about this church at Thessalonica is they were experiencing at this time that Paul was writing to them, they were experiencing really intense persecution. Uh, How many know that when when the word of God started to go forth and people began to receive Christ, it didn't just bless everybody. There were people who were against it and they would rise up, really the majority of the people, and they would rise up and persecute these people. And they'd even be putting people to death at times, yes. right? Sure. And so being, being a Christian was not just some, uh, well, maybe what it is today. How many here uh, had protesters at your house because you came to church here today? Nobody. I mean, the only opposition we had was a horse was in our way when we were trying to, <laughs> a horse had gotten loose. Anybody saw the horse? The horse got loose. That's the biggest, that's the biggest obstacle that you had to deal with today to get here. How many love that we live in a place where we can come and worship? Yes, thank God for it. And so uh, there's that. But the, in Thessalonica, they were, they were going through it. They were going through it. And uh, yet, yet, Paul said, man, your faith has managed to not just keep you preserved where you are, where you are but to spread and undergoing that persecution, and what was that persecution designed to do? It was designed to make them smaller. It was designed to contain, to suppress, yes. to keep them from going forward. But instead of doing that, the thing that was designed to make them smaller instead fueled their enlargement. Yes, yes, mm. Amen. yes, yes, yes. yes. The devil God. is dumb. Yes. He's, the devil is not bright. He's got a couple tricks that he keeps using because he knows they work on most people. But he still tries to bring the pressure, not realizing that when that pressure meets a faith person. Come on, come on, come on. I like to use this illustration because uh, my brother and I, I had uh, one sibling. I have a younger brother. We grew up in South Florida. Mm -hmm. And uh, down there in South Florida, thank God that our house had a swimming pool. Mm -hmm. And I say thank God. Now, my dad, I told you we were raised Jewish, right? Now, my dad was, of course, Jewish and uh, came through. My dad was 20 years older than my mom. So he, he married. He just didn't marry until he was about 50 years old, 49. And uh, so my mom's 20 years younger. And so my dad grew up in the Depression, the Great Depression. And so we lived in South Florida, Hollywood, Florida, which is right between Fort Lauderdale and Miami on the east coast of Florida. And uh, our air conditioning broke. But my dad was cheap, man, because he came through the Depression, and the, nev- and the Depression never left him, even though he came through it. Mm-hmm. 
and so if you ever any anybody you've met maybe some parents of different ones they came through that and you know exactly what I'm talking about you know so like if if things got stale uh, in our house like like just say cereal box of cereal if it got stale from the humidity we didn't throw it out you put it in the toaster oven you warmed it up you know <laughs> cheese has mold on it you don't throw it out you cut the mold off and, and just go on you know what I'm talking about um, and that, that was my dad's flow and he enjoyed it yes. he actually celebrated it I remember one time my mom said we're having company uh, go move your car and he's out there pushing it Puts it in neutral, yep. always drove a stick shift because yep. better fuel economy. <laughs> and uh, he's pushing the car in the driveway, just, just pushing it, working it, because starting it would use gas. Every time when my dad was driving, we, uh, we, we had a, a summer place in the mountains of Pennsylvania and mountains, hills. Anytime he'd go down a hill, he'd turn the engine off. <laughs> I mean, the power steering goes out, you know what I mean? He'd like just turn the key off, and then down at the end of the hill, you guys, you know what he did, just pop the clutch and, and put it right back in gear. Thinking that he's going to save money. And his joy in life, his joy, please remember what I was talking about, because I think I forgot it already. But his joy in life, I remember, yeah, we're talking about the pool. Okay, his joy in life was to, buy the cheapest gasoline you could buy. Yeah. He'd find the cheap prices. And so um, in the summers in Pennsylvania, across the bridge in New Jersey, it was cheaper. Yeah. He'd drive 15 miles to save four cents a gallon. Yeah. And I'm like, Dad, you ever do the math? <laughs> that you're, you're spending more to get there than you're saving? Didn't matter because his joy was not in in not making the trip, his joy was in paying the right price. He'd drive for a day to pay the cheapest price. Anyhow, so I said all that to say that thank God we had a pool in my house in Florida because when the air conditioning broke, my dad didn't fix it. He said, I didn't grow up with air conditioning. Well, yeah, well, you didn't live in Florida. You didn't live in South Florida. But he just never fixed it. So we grew up without it. So thank God we had the swimming pool. Now, so... And I didn't have great hygiene as a teenager, but, you know, teenagers go through things and all that. And I want you to know I'm doing better today, and you should be happy for me. So I didn't always shower, because you wake up late for school. So I just, you just wake up, and, and you, got, you got to understand, I live in South Florida. You just wake up, go outside, jump in one end of the pool, swim to the other end of the pool, towel off, get dressed, get on the bus. Yep. You, you use soap, I use chlorine. That's not really much difference. But then there's times we'd play in the pool. My brother and I would play in the pool, all kinds of games. And one of the things he loved to do is get like a, a ball, like maybe a kickball or a beach-type ball, and, and you'd, you could hold that ball down. And the further you hold it down, the pressure of the water, when you let go of it, would propel it out of the water. Anybody ever do that? Huh? You know what I'm talking about then. That's like faith. Yes. Yes. The more the enemy tries to push you down, the more the enemy tries to bring pressure to you, all he's doing is he's doing exactly what, happening, what happens when you put that ball down. The further down, the more pressure you put on it, the more pressure it has when it comes up. And the further it goes. 
And so you'd think the enemy would learn. Stop doing that to the faith people. But he finds too many that are not doing the work of faith. And so he finds so many that will just cave to his pressure. But I like, I like people who just, just like your, like your pastors do. I mean, they're just like, bring it all you want. Because all you're doing is adding fuel to our enlargement. All you're doing is propelling us further. Amen. The, the problems that you think are working against you are really working for you. Do you hear me? I said the problems that you think are working against you are really working for you. Every, pro- every bit of pressure that the enemy brings, every problem that he brings, think of them as your employees. They're working for you. Hallelujah. And so, anyhow, that, I do have some points, and that wasn't, none of that was one of them, but it's just all good. Hey! It's good. We, we can just talk ourselves happy. Glory to God. And so, in the midst of all this pressure, Paul's writing this, and he says, you guys, man, you guys are getting the word out, even in the midst of everything you're going through. And he says in chapter 3, verse 1, he said, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, in other words, we, like Popeye said, we stands it till we just can't stands it no more. Remember Popeye the sailor man? He's strong to the finish because he eat his spinach. He says, I just, I can't stands it no more. And he said, when we, we can no longer forbear, when we couldn't stands it anymore. We thought it good to be left at Athens alone, and we sent Timotheus, you know him as Timothy. We sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. You're going to have problems. Didn't Jesus say in the world, you're going to have trouble. He told us that. Didn't he tell us that? And what did he say after that? Be be happy for I have overcome the world. Well, good for you, Jesus. Hooray. You've overcome. You leave me with the problems. No, he overcame so that we can overcome. Amen. He overcame the world so that we can overcome the world. And this is the victory. Say with me, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even Pastor Michelle's faith. Huh? Oh, not just oh, not just the pastor's faith? No. Your faith. Your faith. Your faith is your victory. Glory to God. And so Paul said, I I I needed help. I'm here in Athens, and I thought it was good to send my help to you. So that he can see how your faith is doing under all this pressure. Right. I sent him to, he didn't send him to inquire about how, uh, you know, how y'all getting along with your building project, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, didn't send to, he didn't send them to see how you guys doing with your fellowship dinners, you doing all right? You have, no, no, he said, I, I want to I wanna know how it's going with your faith. Yes. He was concerned about their faith. Is their faith holding up? Why? Because that's their victory. 
that's their victory. And he says it again. Uh, well, you keep reading. He said, for verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass. And you know, <laughs> you know it. I'm going to hear you know that, we, that we're going to have some trouble in this world. You, and it, oh, maybe, maybe here in DeSoto, you don't have trouble. Huh? But we know. We know what it's like. We know what it's like. And he said, for this cause... When I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith. I got to know. I got to know. Are they staying with what I told them? Are they staying with the foundation that I laid? Is their faith doing, is their faith doing good? Hallelujah. Lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. But now when Timotheus came from you to us... And brought us good tidings of your faith and charity. And that we have, and that you have good remembrance of us always desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. So Timothy came back to Paul. And what did he say? He said, he said, Paul, they are doing great. He said their, their faith is intact. They're, they're even walking in love with each other. Their faith, which is good because faith works by love. love. Yes. And uh, I, I love something that Dr. Ed Dufresne, um, I believe he, he's been here years ago. Dr. Ed Dufresne, anybody know who that is? Yes. Hmm? Yes. And uh, he was, we were close with him, and he used to preach on, on this. And he'd say, uh, love is, he said, faith is like the curtains on a rod. He said, but love is the rod. And if the rod comes down, your faith comes down. Yeah. I'm going to know if the rod comes down, curtain rod comes down, the curtains come with it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So Paul gets good news. He gets good news that, man, they, they are doing well with faith. They're doing all right. Praise the Lord. And, uh, but he goes on in verse 7, he says, Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all of our affliction and distress, because Paul was going through all kinds of pressure, all kinds of trouble as well. We were comforted by your faith. Yes. Praise God. Glory to God. And in the last couple of verses I'll read to you, he says, For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God again for you for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and look at this, and might perfect that which is lacking in what? Now wait a second. Hello, because... Didn't just didn't didn't Paul say, guys? You, I mean, you're you guys got this faith thing so well that in the midst of persecution, you're not just you're not just holding up within your four walls. Okay, you get your faith is your faith is going out everywhere. Yes. I like how I said it, your faith is spreading. Yes, your faith is spreading. Yeah. How many know faith goes places first? Mm. That's good. I said faith goes places first. Yeah. Your faith is spreading throughout the whole, the whole area. And now the word of the, on that faith, the word of the Lord is going forth. 
And, but Paul said, but still I wanted to send Timothy to check up on you because all the persecution. Timothy comes back and says, they, they are doing well. They're doing great. Their faith and their love, it's all intact. It's all good. And now what's Paul saying? We, we are just praying night and day that we can come see you and perfect yep. that which is lacking in your faith. Interesting. I'm going to think Paul maybe was, on, was a little bit overkill with this faith thing. Don't you? <laughs> do you can you... Can you see how somebody could believe that? Anybody ever tell you that, you know, you, you got to be careful about that faith stuff. you got to be careful about hyper, they call it now hyper faith. Hyper faith. Meaning a little's okay, but too much is too much. Hmm? You got to balance that faith out with an equal amount of unbelief and doubt. <laughs> no, but people say, man, you, oh, you got to watch out about that faith stuff. It'll miss. Uh, that's not the gospel. You may not have, again, you may not have heard it, but the same people that are mad about the prosperity stuff, they're also mad about faith in general. And they say, oh, no, you got to be careful about that. You got to watch out about that. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I got to watch out about it. It has changed my life. It has put us in places we have no business being, meaning, meaning we live in places we shouldn't have. And we drive things we shouldn't have. And, and not, just, not just that, but uh, I do things I shouldn't do like right. You know what I mean? Just, uh, just faith has, has been quite the blessing to us. Huh? I want all of it I can get. I want all of it, yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't have too much victory, but I've got to be careful. Too much victory will mess you up. Just a lot of misunderstanding. Huh? But, but not all of it. But wait a second. Paul still felt like there were things that he had to examine. Paul still felt like there were things that were lacking, that there were some imperfections. Letting us know that this faith thing is not something that just works automatically. And while it's not complicated, you can be operating it incorrectly. And you can endeavor to use faith and not end up getting the results you should get. And you might say, do you think so, Brother Joel? No, I know so. I know so. It's absolutely the truth. I know it from my own personal life. Hallelujah. Do you know, friends, that there's genuine faith, but there's also imitation faith. You know what I mean by genuine and imitation? Uh, My first Bible, I thought it was leather. The cover. I'm talking about the cover on on my first Bible. On my first Bible, you got to understand, man. I had never had a Bible. Uh, My Jewish, uh, my Jewish home. We didn't have New Testaments. You understand? That was about the worst thing you could have laying around. And so when I got saved, a friend of mine took me to this place. They called it a Christian bookstore. I didn't even know they existed. Um, And so we went to this Christian bookstore, and he said, "If you're going to get a Bible, get you a good one." I said, "Okay." And so I bought one, and it had something called bonded leather. And I thought, well, it has the word leather. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I still don't know what bonded means, but I can tell you what it means. It'll fall apart if you use it. <laughs> it 
it, it'll fall apart. Now, I still have that Bible. Yes. And now, instead of bonded leather, it has black duct tape <laughs> holding the bonded leather on. And that duct tape has not worn out over all these years. But the bonded leather, is it why? Because it wasn't genuine. It wasn't genuine. Now, this one here, this is goat skin, friends. This ain't going nowhere. This, I, we, uh, thank God for the goat that donated this. Real. It's real. It's real. Something that's real, it'll last. Something that's real, it'll, it'll work. Hmm? Genuine and imitation. Do you know there's such a thing as imitation faith? But you know, imitation things can look a whole lot like the real. And it can be hard to tell. I said it can be hard to tell the difference. I've never been here, so I know I haven't told you the story about my friend Lisa. Now, my friend Lisa was just a buddy of mine, but she was born again. She got saved in college, uh, first year of college. I got saved right before first year of college. And we, man, we were both just, our, our worlds were rocked. And so she was actually already engaged to somebody to be married, but we hung out together, just, just friends. And um, I had a car. I went to the University of Miami in, uh, in Florida. There's a, there's a Miami University in Ohio. That's not the one. No. Florida's the one. So uh, I went to the one, the Miami Hurricanes. That's the football team, but you wouldn't know. So <laughs> anyhow, at the University of Miami, uh, I had a car. She didn't have a car. So she heard that I was going to a grocery store, which didn't happen a lot. Right. Um, so she wanted to go so she could stock up. And she got so excited. And this is when they started coming out just at the first time with generic products. You know, like uh, some of y'all don't know now because you think that Walmart, like, like they'll have their great value line of products. Mm-hmm. Well, that, didn't use, that stuff didn't used to exist back when, when, like, I was little. You just had to buy, uh, if you, you know, if you wanted a cereal, you had to buy Kellogg's or Post, you know, one of the big brands. Yeah. They didn't have the, off, the grocery store brands that are cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oreos, mm-hmm. all they had was Oreos. They didn't have the fake ones, the cheap ones. They didn't have those. And so, but now they were just starting to come out with these, they call them generic brands, cheaper. And so we were in the store and Lisa, I mean, she got so excited. She goes, oh my Lord, cans of tuna for like 10 cents each. I don't eat tuna. I don't know what it costs, but what is chicken of the sea tuna? Do they still have that? Because I remember the commercial, that's why I know. What does chicken of the sea tuna cost for a can of it? Two bucks. Well, we're talking like 10 cents. And so, I mean, I'm not that old, but this was like in the 80s. And so, 1980s. And so, she's excited, man. She, <laughs> she, in the, she gets there, she gets, she loads up on tuna. And she gets in the car and is looking at it, and she's like, oh, no. And I said, what? Well, it was just a black and white label. And on it, the word tuna was really big. Tuna. Tuna. But then in small print right above it, it said, taste just like, (laughs) taste just like, and then the big word, tuna. Well, what was it? Imitation. (laughs) Imitation tuna meant to taste just like tuna. 
You might say, what was it actually? I have no idea. <laughs> it's whatever they had, I guess, with tuna flavor. Who knows? I know, I know, you're thinking the same thing I am. Like, but, I, but why would you even eat regular? I don't, so that's just me. It's stinky stuff. So anyhow, there's, there's real faith and there's imitation faith. Paul actually talked about it. When he said to Timothy, he said, you know what, Timothy, I'm paraphrasing. He said, one of the things I like about you is you have unfeigned faith. Well, feigned means to pretend. He said, you got real faith. You're not just pretending about this. You, you really got the real deal. Well, if there's real, there can be pretend. Now, this, the church, the Thessalonians, they had a good foundation of faith. But Paul said, you know what? Even so, I need to, I need to take the microscope and put it down there and, and deal with some things that might be imperfections in your faith. Because we need your foundation strong enough to last. And to withstand whatever. You understand that real faith can withstand whatever gets thrown at it. Amen. Real faith can. Fake faith can't. And I know one thing, because God wouldn't have led me this direction if this wasn't the case today. I know one thing. You guys have had here the foundation, a strong foundation of faith laid. Here. I know that. And if it wasn't before, I, I, I heard Pastor Friday night minister. Just on that very subject, and then, then on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even my wife shared some things last night along those lines. So, so we, there's been some things laid, but that doesn't mean we're to think that there might not be an imperfection or two still. Right. Or some areas in which things just aren't genuine. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Amen. And this is something that, that God has uh, dealt with me a lot about in recent months, maybe, uh, because this, listen, th- this is just a fact that most people who endeavor to believe God, endeavor to use their faith, it's not successful all the time. Don't look at me like that. I'm talking about people like me, people like you. How many have ever been there where you say, well, I tried. I tried to believe God, but it just, for some unknown reason, it just didn't happen. Nobody's admitting it. Well, pro- probably nobody in DeSoto would have that problem. But now, this, I'll just tell you a secret, Pastor. You know this to be true. I found this, that most people don't answer that question because they're, just, they're being honest. Because they haven't used their faith for anything. So, um, so there you go. But again, not you. I'm talking about people like in Colorado, where we live. Other people in other places who haven't been so well taught as you. And so there can be imperfections. Do you understand that real faith always works? Put a little smile. Give me something. Give me something. Now, like, brother, you preaching on faith, you're going to walk by it. I hear you. Real, real faith, real faith always works. But not everybody's faith venture or faith transaction, or say it a simpler way, not everybody that starts out in faith ends up at what the Bible calls the end of our faith. In other words, that place where 
it's no longer needed to believe it because you can see it, see it touch it, feel it, taste it, smell it, live in it, drive it, whatever. Hello. And you're looking at me so holy, but I would just guess that, <laughs> that for different ones here, you might say, well, yeah, well, I, I tried to believe God, but, and then dot, 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 till the dots disappear, right? And we just leave things. I said, we just leave things open-ended and say, like, okay, well, that didn't happen. Let's go on to the next thing and get all excited and talk about God's going to do this and God's going to do that. And are we ready to release our faith? Can we release our faith today? Okay, here we go. One, two, three, release. And we go on, okay, for a day or two days and then dot, 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 till the dots wear out and that didn't happen. But let's go on to the next thing. We get excited about the next thing. Can I, I'm just being honest here today. Huh? This is my one shot at you. I don't know if I'll get to come back. This is just it. And that's really the pattern that many are in in the body of Christ. And that's the pattern that I was in in my own life for a, for a good season. And God helped. He's so good. He gave me light. He helped me see some things. And I don't have time today or even tonight to share all those things. But but I'm sharing this one part here. That not all faith is real faith. Ah, glory to God. It's possible to think you're in faith. Now, imitation doesn't mean evil. Huh? You can, have, you can have false teeth. That doesn't mean they're evil. They're actually a blessing. They're just not, they're just not real. Right? And, and if something... Huh? I mean, some folk have a lot of imitation stuff about them. You know, hair and other parts can be imitation. But pray, we won't go into detail. But, you know, (laughs) imitation imitation doesn't even mean insincere. It doesn't mean you're a bad Christian, doesn't mean you're a bad person. But you could be very, and this is what believers do, they very sincerely are going through the steps. Mm -hmm. And listen, my wife talked about the other side of some of the steps. But there are steps. Huh? Going through some of those things very sincerely with all their wanting it to work, wanting it to work. But we don't know what happened. We just, you know, ended up dot, 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 dot. Now, praise the Lord. There's some things that I'm convinced that the body of Christ could better understand about faith that will help them. And some of it is a mindset that's, been, that's just kind of been passed down through the years. I, I, I think maybe you know this, but I'll, do you know that uh, 60, 70 years ago, people didn't understand these things no. by and large. They didn't understand, believe you receive it and you shall have it. Right. They, they didn't know. Right. So we're very indebted to different ones. Brother Hagen being one of the pioneers. And then uh, I know different ones your pastor's been uh, associated with and feeds on different... And, 
um, I know there's been different ones in my life, that they brought us these principles of faith. And, and they even had, and it, and it got, it was so liberating and such a blessing that it began to spread just like the word of the Lord that the Thessalonians uh, had. And it spread all over the world. And we actually had a revival in the body of Christ along these lines of faith and the word. We sometimes call it the word of faith. Right. Revival. Right. Revolutionize my life. Absolutely. Help me revolutionize your pastor's life. Amen. Um, but really, you have to understand this, that every, every, every amount of light that comes along, there's more light. God. There's more light that we can see. And there's so much that we're indebted to for people like Brother Hagen and different ones. But so now what we're able to do, we're able to stand on their shoulders. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. If a, a little kid, sometimes they'll want to hop up on your shoulders. Why? So they can what? See. So they can see further. And see clearer. Amen. Well, I'm convinced of this because I traveled with Brother Hagen Sr. personally for seven, seven years. I, I went with him to all his meetings and helped him wherever he went. And so I, I'm convinced, man, he, he knew what he was talking about. Right. He lived it. Yep. He got results. He did it right. But things were not always passed down over the years in a complete manner. And so you have cracks in the foundation that have occurred. Yeah. And so now standing on his shoulders, God can help, uh, you know, folk like us that come along. We can, we can see a little clear and we can see uh, there's a reason these things aren't working. And we can help. We can help people. And one of the things that's gotten passed down is just really some misconceptions about this whole concept of faith. Amen. And... It's these misconceptions that make the rest of the body of Christ so mad at us. I said the rest of the body of Christ, they they, they do not like, I already told you, they do not like faith. And one of the things that they say is so wrong with the message, they say, well, you know, it's like you got God in a genie bottle. Yeah, anybody ever heard this criticism? It's like you got God in the bottle and and you're, you're pulling God along on a leash and man and God have switched places. And you're, you're the one that's saying, we need to do this, God. And God says, yes, sir, just rub me uh, with your two confessions, yeah. and I'll come out of the bottle, oh, and, and you'll have what you say. Come on. Now, there's a truth there, but we've turned it into a magic formula. And it's been presented, I mean, passed down to the body of Christ. To where the concept of faith uh, for so many people is like, well, that's how we get what we want. Yeah. Faith. faith. That's how we get what we want. And friends, that's not accurate. No. No. I'm helping you today. Is that okay? Yeah. Let me say this. Amen. Listen, we've, we've learned, we don't know everything. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know everything. My wife knows more. But, but even she doesn't know everything. And so that's why we're thankful we know now Pastor Michelle. Praise the Lord for the rest of it. (laughs) I don't know everything, but I'm seeing patterns in the body of Christ. And I've learned some things in my own life that are helping us get consistent results with our faith. My wife made mention of it last night. Uh, God's helped us with some things to where we pretty much get, uh, if if we sit out in faith, we get it. 
There, uh, I just remember something that happened a couple years ago. I say a couple years ago, 2015 to be exact. And God dealt with us about a second home he had for us in a certain location. It was kind of a shock to me. I hadn't been necessarily believing for that. But he dealt with us about it. And so, you know, I just set out to, okay, you start making steps in that direction. And uh, we, we, you know, we look online as how you do today. Isn't that more convenient than just having to drive all over creation, especially when you don't exactly live there? This isn't a place we didn't live. So, but he dealt with us about it. And it was actually, I said, what, why, why? And he spoke to me the same thing that, that uh, he told his disciples to say about that donkey that was tied up. He said, tell him the Lord has need of it. He said, I have need of it. Well, that settled it for me. And then we're looking and, you know, just looking at something easy to afford. And, and darn it, doesn't the Lord lead us into something that we couldn't easily afford? And he dealt with us. This is the one we only looked at one home. One home. We had, well, we did go to a second one because we'd pre-scheduled it, but we saw the first one. We knew this is it. This is it. And so we came back to the hotel room. And we, I said, God, are you serious? (laughs) We're talking about just stretching us beyond stretch. And I said, are you serious? And I knew he was. And right there in that hotel room, I released my faith and I said to Amy, we just bought a house. Now, I hadn't, I I mean, we hadn't made an offer yet. We hadn't done anything. I bought it when I heard from him. And it came to pass. And we we did have to have a a loan Mm -hmm. to get it. Mm -hmm. And seven or eight banks said no. Mm -hmm. And it meant nothing to me. I, I just knew all I have to do is find the one that says yes. Right. Amen. And one said yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. And so what was that? Well, by faith, mm-hmm. we set out to obey mm-hmm. and it happened. Mm-hmm. I said it happened. Right. And from the natural standpoint, you have to understand there's no reason, there's no justification in the natural because we didn't make that much to justify a second place. But God had need of it for his purposes. Yeah. It came to pass. Yeah. came to pass. Faith was involved. Right. It was a faith transaction. came to pass. And we can point to many different other things since that. I just thought of that one came up, and so I shared with you that one. Mm-hmm. But, but that happens all the time with us. Right. We've learned a few things. That's what I'm saying. We've learned a few things, and we learned what doesn't work. And so people have the idea, well, faith is just for me to get what I want. Mm-hmm. And there's a better way to think of it. Can I tell you the, the better way to think of it? <laughs> I wrote it down in a way that will make sense to you. That's why I want to read it. It's not how we get what we want. It's how we do what God says and receive what God gives. People say about faith and prosperity, well, that's just the most selfish Greed-filled message there is. No, it has nothing to do with selfishness. Matter of fact, if you're operating in selfishness, I guarantee you're not in faith. I said to you, 
Praise the Lord. Faith is not how we get what we want. It's how we do what God says and receive what God gives. I might just say this three or four more times, I think. Faith is not how we get what we want. It's how we do what God says and receive what God gives. And so the, one of the issues, or if I could say it this way, one of the cracks in the foundation of people's faith is the belief, and I understand why we believe that, the belief that we initiate faith all the time. We initiate things, and God follows what we initiate. In fact, I've said it myself, but I don't say it anymore. I've, I've said it, well, you know, hey, God follows our faith. Hello, everybody just smile. God follows faith. Well, He does, but it doesn't originate with us. I said it doesn't originate with us. Now, I don't know if it was the other night, Pastor, where you you ministered some on Mark 11. And we love Mark 11. How many know what Mark 11 says? Help me out. Somebody start quoting... Uh, what's Mark 11, that, that great faith passage? What's, anybody know it well enough to say some of it? Don't, do, don't you dare do that. No, no, good, 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 good. Where did he start? Verse 3. Verily I say to you that whosoever shall what? Say to this mountain, be removed. And so who does it? We do it, right? We do it. We, we say be removed, be cast in the sea, shall not down his heart, but shall believe that the things which he says shall come to pass. And what's, what's, the, what's the understood subject? You, 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 you. He shall have whatever he says. He shall have whatever he says. There's one problem. This is not where the passage starts. It starts in verse 22. You, oh, you're so ahead of me. Jesus answering said unto them, have faith. And believers everywhere who have had the message of faith passed down to them by people who knew how it worked and got results have skipped verse 22 and gone right to verse 23 where you use it. And so they they don't focus on the having. They go right to the using. But the problem is they're using before they're having Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it becomes an empty process that doesn't get results the first step is to have faith and if you're going to have faith how do you do that how do you have faith huh well you try no you don't try huh well you strain no you don't strain well we pray no you don't pray huh huh you believe no you don't believe you don't believe to have faith how do you have faith? Well, somebody lay hand. No, somebody not lay hand on you. Huh? If, you, if you're going to have faith, we helping anybody today. If you're going to have faith, faith must come. If you're going to have faith, faith must come. If you're going to use faith, you have to first have faith, and if you're going to have faith, faith must first come, and there's only one way. This is so simple. This is easy. There's only one way that faith comes. There's only one way. 
And the Bible tells us, Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And it's actually the Greek word rhema. It's hearing by the rhema of God. And rhema is different than logos, which refers almost, you know, more exclusively to the written word. But rhema is the living word. The, the, not that the word isn't living. We understand it is. But, uh, but we're talking about the spoken, living, right now word of God. And so that's why my wife was talking last night. She wasn't preaching contrary. She was preaching the other side of some things. Talking about you got to get with God. And you've got to hear from God. So faith comes by hearing from God. Faith in God comes by hearing from God. If your situation requires God, you need to hear from God. Now I'm finally getting warmed up. Is that all right? <laughs> Faith in God comes by hearing from God. If you didn't hear from him about it, you can't have faith for it. And that's a crack in the foundation. People are trying to, because many start with verse 23. They're, They're trying to use faith that they don't have. Well, any hunters in here? I bet you there is in this part of the country, huh? Anybody? And, no, you're not going to raise your hand no matter what I ask. I understand that. So. You're a hunter, huh? Not as frequently. Oh, don't be holy on me. Whatever. <laughs> Do you get more results when your gun's loaded or when it's empty? <laughs> you get more results when your gun is loaded. You load it in verse 22. You shoot it in verse 23. And there's all kind of folks, they're walking around. Man, they're walking around. They have, they have safes full of faith guns. And they're walking around with their faith gun, man, walking around. Like, oh, faith? Yeah. But it's empty. And they're going, kapow, 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 kapow. And not getting anything. You got to, did you hear from God? Did you hear the rhema of God, which could come from a scripture? And you have to always, you will never accurately hear from him any other way if you haven't gotten established in hearing him through the written word, you understand? You want that one again? You'll never accurately hear from him any other way if you haven't learned to hear from him out of the written word. You, because there's, there's more than one spirit in the world. There are many voices, the Bible says. And you can't discern God's voice from another voice. That's another sermon, another message. And I can tell you this from experience. You can't discern God's voice unless you have tuned and conditioned your spirit to hear from him by his word. That's how you know the difference between God's spirit and other spirits. So you have to have heard from God. And there's so many people that are setting out to try to use faith and they don't 
have it. Yes, you have it in the sense that you've been created to believe. You've been given a measure of faith. You have the capacity for it. But for this situation, for this thing you're going through, have you heard from heaven? Have you gotten with him? And we love to skip it because it takes, this is what takes time. It takes time. That house I was telling you about, God dealt with me about that. Dealt with me about it. Dealt with me. But I have a place for you. I'm like, you know, Florida's good. You know, not there. And, mm-hmm. and, and he, he dealt with us to get this because he had need for it, for his purposes. I st- still today, we, we own it mm-hmm. in the process. We're making payments on it. Mm-hmm. And we don't need it. No. I haven't been there in like six months. Mm-hmm. And when I go there, I only stay a night or two. But it, it's, it is fulfilling other purposes in God's plan for our life. Yeah. Right. Right. And he had need of it. He had need of it. And we obeyed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it came to pass. Amen. And, and that's, how it, that's how it works yes. with us. Yes. We've learned to take plenty of time to hear. Yes. Right. And let him Amen. initiate. <laughs> Are you listening? Yeah. For for I know how much we've been told that we initiate faith. We initiate faith. But yet he is still the author yes. mm-hmm. of faith. Yes. Yes. He is the author. I've authored some things. The editor's name's not on there. They didn't, they didn't come up with it. huh? My name gets to be on there. Because I authored it. Yes. Amen. God's, let God be the initiator. It, it's, not, it's not faith. It's not God follows our faith. Yes, he does, but who initiated it to begin with? Where did you get that faith? Yeah, yeah where did you get that faith? Yeah. And the critics of the message of faith are, are so, uh, so against us because it's like you guys just decide what you want and make God try to get on board with it. And the problem with that criticism is it's way too correct. <laughs> Hello? It's right way too often. Well, we just decided this. Well, we just decided, well, we want this. We want this. Faith's not about what you want. Amen. Huh? Read Hebrews chapter 11 and tell me how many of the heroes of faith. <laughs> huh? Well, so-and-so used faith to get what they wanted. You might say, well, I have desires. God will give you the desires of your heart, but he'll also yeah. author the desires. Yes. Yes. I said he'll author the desires. Yes. 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 We have a saying. We have a saying. We live by this. We live by this. We say, I like what God likes. I like what God likes. You want to try that out? I like... What God likes. And you know why that's so important? Because it takes our preference, our desires. We died to ourselves. We're, we're to crucify our flesh. Faith is not for the purpose of uh, building some kind of personal empire for your own personal. No, no, no. It's to do things that are way bigger than that. Come on. Amen. Come on. Amen. Yes. You're selling yourself short if it's all about you. Come on. Amen. Amen. So we like, we like what God likes. 
So the home we live in in Colorado, my wife walked through it. She said, you're not going to like it. I don't like it. The only problem was with this home, I was up in the middle of the night, couldn't sleep one night, and God, and I started fellowshipping with God, and he speaks by his spirit, like the name of a street, and it was in Spanish, because the street name is in Spanish. I'm not going to tell you where it is, because you all show up at my house. (laughs) Speaks the name of a street. Well, I knew, and he knew that I knew, I knew that this street existed, because we had actually looked at a house in that street. This was a neighborhood that, according to our income, we had no business driving by, much less driving in. And so he speaks the name of this street. And I look, okay, well, is there a house for sale on the street? Because we, we started getting stirred that, you know, we had sold everything. We had left some stuff. And he had blessed my wife with a beautiful home in New York where we had pastored. And we had left it all at his at his direction. And I have scriptures. I have scriptures like Mark 10 where it says there's no man who's left houses or, or lands or family, you know, that shall not receive houses, lands, a hundredfold. Yeah, yeah, here in this time. <laughs> and in the age to come, yeah. eternal life with persecutions. <laughs> well, there's that. Well, if you're close enough to get spit on, you're doing really good. <laughs> So we had that scripture, and in a general sense, we were standing on that. But we began to sense on the inside through fellowship with God, yeah. through hearing from yeah. God. Yes. We began to sense, you know what, it, it, it's, we're, getting, we're, we're getting into the season yeah. where, God was gonna, where God will restore some of what we left. And then, you know, but all we cared about was what does he want? If it's a tra- and, I, and I, I don't joke with you today. If it's a trailer, we are good if God is in it and God is on it. Absolutely. 100%. Ain't nothing wrong portable. Nope. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and so we like what God likes. Well, God showed us uh, there, was a, there was a home there actually was for sale. Mm-hmm. And she went and looked at it and she said, no, you ain't going to like it. I'm not, I, don't, I don't care for it. I had already heard from God, so I didn't, I didn't say, you know, you don't, husbands and wives, you don't pull that against each other. Like, well, I've heard from God. You understand? That's not leverage. <laughs> Besides the fact that you're human, you can miss it. Yeah, come on now. Yeah. So it's, I, feel like, I feel like I've heard from God. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, we knew we did. But I went and saw it, and I just have bells ringing on the inside. And I, and I said to myself, I see why she doesn't like it. And, and she had trouble seeing through the terrible decor that was in it. But take the decor away, yeah. and we good. Yeah. <laughs> and we good. And she and without me coercing her, she got on board. She said, "No, there's something about this, though. Something about this." So what did we do? We heard. We heard. Faith came when we heard. Oh, there's so much, but our time because y'all talk so much at the beginning of the sermon. Faith came. So she might say, did you buy that house? No, it sold to somebody else. We live in it today, but it sold to somebody else during that transaction. What will that do to your faith? Come on. That's all kinds of fun. That's all kinds of fun. You understand. Where God deals with you supernaturally, audible voice almost in the middle of the night, 2 o'clock in the morning, gives you the name of the street, shows you the house, says that's the one. Believe me for it. Okay. 
You started it. I didn't start it. You started it. I didn't start it. This is not me deciding to go out there and just claim whatever I like. Because what do I like? I like what God likes. Lord, show us what you like. Show us what you have. Show us what's your... Because, oh, glory. I, I, if I say certain things, I just opened up a can that I can't close. And I, I need to start closing. Hallelujah. So, we found out what he likes. And then the home... It goes under contract. Somebody else. And somebody else bought it. And it closed. Closed. You know what closed means? The opportunity has closed. Closed. The window has closed. Go on to the next thing. Dot, dot, dot. Didn't, it didn't work again. Dot, dot, dot. But, but no, no, no. Wait a second. We... I say, Father, I would have to lie to say that we didn't hear from you. I said, let me remind you that we didn't pick this. Let me remind you that we have no business being in this. This was you. And these words came up out of my spirit. I said, I'm not authorized to abandon what you've said based on what I see. And, And when I said that, when I said that, Oh, because you know you'll waver. You you want to waver sometimes. And I'm like, I know the Bible says without wavering, no wavering. I said, no wavering. But you know, um, it's closed. The transaction's done. It's a different owner. I can't I can't even buy it from that owner anymore. They have sold it. It's a different owner. Anyhow, but we bought it. So thank you, Pastor. This was great. Yeah, come back tonight. That's what they say. No, because I won't remember to tell it tonight. No, what did we do? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, just we we maintained. We continued to say, and I said it. I don't know how many times I said it. I'm not authorized to abandon what you've said based on what I see. Amen. And I'd sing songs about it coming to pass. And I just, I just fellowship with God, but what am I doing? It's a new owner. And then, and then one day I'm sitting there, this gentleman in my church said, will you mentor me for ministry? And I, and I just knew you know, that's going to go over great. So I said, yeah, here's what we do. You buy me lunch and uh, you can ask questions. And so it, he left the church, but anyhow, um, <laughs> anyhow, I'm sitting there and we, and we were down close to this place. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there at the restaurant and all of a sudden on the inside of me, boom, something's going on with that house. And so I just drove by after lunch. I was right close by. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I drive by, there's moving trucks. There's moving trucks, moving stuff out. So I'm like, yeah, they're closing. And then and then a couple of days later, just a couple of days later, I was like, that kept, something kept stirring at, stirring about that house. And so we, we actually called our realtor and said, well, there's a house close by. Will you show us that one? But that's, we, and we walked through it. We knew the second we got there, this isn't right. You're just trying to, you know, you're just trying to get in the area and say, you know, well, maybe God meant this. Maybe God meant this. He spoke the name in Spanish in the middle of the night. Yeah. 
pretty sure we heard. So anyhow, we're looking at this other one. I said, well, let's drive by. the." Well, we drive by. There's all these workers working on the house. So you know what I did? I just went in. I went and talked to the garage. I said, who owns this now? And they said, oh, the guy across the street, he's an investor. He buys houses and flips them. I said, oh, really? I said, well, uh, can we walk through? He goes, oh, absolutely, go walk through. So we're walking through, and they're doing all the work that the house needed. It was, they're doing all the work that the house needed. <laughs> Painting the whole thing and, you know, all new appliances, because the people that left it, it was, it, they, they got kicked, kicked out, you know. So they took everything. They just, I mean, they took, they took cabinets <laughs> off the wall. They took it all. So these guys are putting it all back together, upgrading stuff, making it nice. And, and I said, uh, you got a phone number for this guy you're working for? Yeah. <laughs> so I just called the guy and I said, hey, uh, we wanted to buy that house. And he goes, oh, yeah? I said, I, I have a certain amount that I could offer you for it. Yeah. He goes, well, let's hear it. And uh, I told him, he said, yeah, well, no, we're going <laughs> to. He said, no, we're going to market it at full price. Uh, said, I do this for, for a living. And, and I have realtors and we got to pay the realtors out of that. And I, I said, this is what I could do. I said, I said, how? often do you get to pick your neighbors? You live right across the street. I said, how often do you get to pick your own neighbors? I said, you would so like us in your neighborhood. I did. I told him that. And he said, well, thanks for getting in touch. And so we texted, and over the course of the next couple of weeks, I texted him a couple of times. Sometimes he didn't respond. Sometimes he just said, uh, nah, no. And then, um, then I text, I think I called him once more and we talked. And then, then he finally said, I finally got a text from him and he said, please stop asking. He said, I, no, I'm not going to sell it to you. Um, and this, he said, if you want to try to bid on it when we put it to market, fine. He said, but I'm not going to sell it to you now at this point. And so what do you do now? I, I'm, he, he said, don't ask him anymore. So I'm not going to ask him anymore. Right. Faith is not dishonorable, is it? Right. And so I went home, and I, my wife had a study on the second floor, and so I was walking up the stairs to tell her, it's not going to happen with this guy. And as I get up there, before I can tell her that, my rear end starts vibrating. <laughs> you know how come, because my phone was in my pocket. And I look at it, and it's this guy, and it's a price. Yeah. It's a price. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my price, yeah. but it was his price. Mm-hmm. We paid the price. We paid the price. <laughs> now, you might say what I was thinking. Can I, finish with, can I just finish the story for real? Mm-hmm. And then, then I'm done, I promise. So I, I, we paid the price. Mm-hmm. We closed on it. We got in the house. And it was a miracle because during this process, all of our income, 100% of it, dried up. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Woo, you, want, you think you like faith. Come on. Y'all need to leave. No, no, I'm not going to say that. Faith builders. Let's go to faith builders. Are you sure? Because this is what you get to go through. And we got in it anyhow. We, we closed on the property. And I was upset. I said, God, if I had bought it before that guy, and I was trying to buy it before that guy, I could have done the work myself, and I could have saved this, and I could have saved this, and I could have saved this much money. And I said, uh, 
Because I had some of my dad's thinking. You know my dad? Do I tell you about him? What, what do you know about my dad? It's cheap. And that Jewish thing, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I didn't get a good deal. And he spoke something to me I've never forgotten. It changed my life. He said, if you obeyed me, you got a good deal. Do you hear that? He said, if you obeyed me, you got a good deal. And he needed my faith to grab hold of something at that amount. And that house, we've lived in it now for, this is our seventh year living in it. And we believe God and, and he's helped us to fix things up and still helping us fix things up. And that house, I, in equity, I've made over a million dollars in equity on that house. Pastor, thank you. Praise the Lord. 